Main Street Today with Devin O'Day is your half-hour coffee break. Featuring lifestyle, inspiration, and entertainment news, Main Street Today airs live weekdays at 11 a.m. Central, or you can catch it on demand on all the Main Street media social platforms, including highlights on Instagram at Main Street Today Radio. Take your daily coffee break with Devin O'Day on Main Street Today. It's weekdays at 11 a.m. on Main Street media social platforms. Welcome back in. It's Main Street Sports today. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton when he returns to the studio. JP Plant here as well. And we have with us one of our favorite guests. It is the man, the myth, the legend himself. The Athletics, not Oakland, but the publication. Not JP got us off screen up earlier. Yeah, just doing a wrinkle. It's it's okay. Wrinkles are good. Mm -hmm. And we get a chance to talk to Joe Rex Road, and I'm sure he has some thoughts on the topic we just discussed, the Vanderbilt logo and its um, announcement. So, Joe, how are you? How do you feel about the new Vandy logo? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I, I've seen this before. I've never seen anything different. I mean, I remember when, uh, or even if it's not a logo change, it's whenever, like, if a new team introduces its logo or whatever, which uh, I'm reminded of Nashville SC, I feel like it's 95% complaints. I mean, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, okay. I guess like logo and uniform stuff to me is always blows me away. Like how, how emotional people get about it. I mean, I, I, I guess I should understand that better, you know, but, um, yeah, I, it's okay. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought the other one, I like the other one better than this one, but I, I do totally believe that if this one they just introduced today was the one they had no way. And they came out today with the, with the, the the one that everyone knows, people would be furious. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly the same reaction. I just, I totally believe that. I think maybe, maybe if, I, if, if I had a better feel for, you know, fonts and, and artistic presentations and that kind of thing, I might could speak a little bit better on it. But I mean, it's, it's, eh, I, it, I think Joe, what a lot of folks' reaction is, what was wrong with the old one? Right. So. Yeah, no, and that's, I get it. Like, why Why does this need to be done? Um, I know that, you know, one thing that that they've done here is they've, so they had like a different one for the university and athletics, right? So now this is going to be, you know, this is going to be uni- across the board. Mm-hmm. Vandy United. How important is that? With that, Vandy United. That was the hashtag yeah, Candace Story you know, Lee used. Right. So, I mean, how important is that to have the same logo across everything? I mean, they didn't, you know, like in the release, I didn't see the word branding, but that's what all of this is, you know? I mean, everybody cites McDonald's, going to McDonald's, 
and all you'll see is, you know, the golden arches. Golden arches everywhere. They can't get out of your brain. You know, it's, it's ingrained in your head. You know, Coca-Cola logo, whatever. Like, branding is so important in sports. So, and I, and I know, again, this is the entire university. Um, so, it's like there's some, there, there's some benefit that, that is, that I think is derived from this. But I understand the uniformity, I guess, of having one logo. But you could also, I mean, you could have just... I guess, I don't know, given the athletics logo to university and call it a day, I, I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I mean, some of there are, I'm trying to think of like, like how long is like the Tennessee, you know, current, like the power team or like that, like how long has that been its logo? Roughly. Forever. Does that I mean, change significantly and, you know, like, yeah. The power T has been I mean, there's something for, we said, like, yeah. for, like, I mean, like, but usually there's different, like, some alterations, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the Georgia G, like that, to me, that's something like immediately you know what it is, mm-hmm. right? So, so you know, there's something to be said for just, hey, I mean, I, I grew up a Detroit Tigers fan. I mean, if they ever changed from the old English D, I oh. would be angry, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there are some things that seem sacred, but. I don't know. Uh, I guess this last one was, what, 2008, right? So it's not like this is that long. Hmm. Yeah. And, and if you go back and look at the old logo, I've, I've seen some – I saw someone post a montage of all of the old Vanderbilt logos, and, boy, there are some doozies in there, let me tell you. <laughs> so JP mentioned the one with the, the Vanderbilt with Vanderbilt across it. And then the, the guy coming out of the middle of the V, the Commodore coming mm-hmm. out with the sword. That's terrible. There was, oh, I sc- got to see that one. I haven't the, seen that one. There is a arched script Vandy on a football helmet, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. I love, okay. I love cartoonish. Personally. I don't, I don't like, I don't like the use of Vandy. It seems diminutive to me. Little known fact, I never wrote Vandy when I was covering them. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's I just think a personal Vandy, thing. Van, I should, well, I think Vanderbilt people, you know, they definitely feel that way. They do not like that uh, designation, it seems like. So, yeah. Anyway, Joe, I don't think this was what we what we lined you up for, but it was a nice little sideline. Um, how's your bracket? Oh, it's just so bad. I mean, and I mean, usually it's pretty bad, really. Like I, I, I'm rarely in whatever. Like I, my pools I'm in are like like family pools with the kids now and stuff, and the nephews and kids. But, but I'm usually not very good. But this year, I think I'm. I, I want to say I have a chance to be last. <laughs> um, my son was telling me the other day, he's like, yeah, you have the lowest. I at least have the lowest uh, possible points. I let's see, my final four was Iowa. Tennessee, Kentucky, I think in Baylor. I think that's right. Iowa, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Baylor. I think, or was it Gonzaga? Maybe Gonzaga. It's probably Gonzaga. Would that be right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Kentucky okay, so and I, Baylor I had to play each one. other to get there. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So it is. So I do have one. I got one. Fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a complete. I mean, I haven't even looked at it. It's just like, as soon as Iowa lost, I was like, okay, well, at least I can just not even care, you know, cool. and immediately tell myself, why are you believing in Iowa? And then of course, Tennessee, which I absolutely, 
bought into this team, and <laughs> I think they should still be playing. So pretty pretty bad bracket. You know, Joe, yesterday we had Zach Womble from Main Street Preps on with us and gave him the floor to tell us why Saturday's flameout was another in a chapter of Rick Barnes can't win a big ball game. And please humor Chris and us, Chris and me, excuse me, and tell me this wasn't Rick Barnes' JP's thing. not here? Well, 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 I mean, you and I were, were – <laughs> no, I'm just trying to make sure that you're, you you use the correct terminology first. Tell, tell me that this wasn't a Rick Barnes flame out. Well, I mean, look, I, I mean, I can't – like, you can't ignore, you know, the, the pretty large sample size. Not pretty large. It's massive. <laughs> I mean, Rick Barnes right now is – you know, Rick Barnes is – and again, it's all, it's relative to it, it's. There are some coaches who aren't as good in the regular season, and then they overperform in the postseason. I mean, he's an incredible underperformer in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, I mean, I can't. You can't not. You can't look at this and, and then just say completely unrelated to the Rick Barnes um, history. Mm-hmm. I, and I and I I suspect. You know, I've never been able to find anyone who can tell me like anything solid like why that would have happened i mean because you know this tournament every year there are teams that should should advance or good enough to advance it could go deep and they're and they're out right away but when it happens to you over and over again you can't ignore it i will say that just from my seat i i, I didn't see anything he did like in terms of in-game decisions that led to this loss um i you know, there were there was about two minutes where you had John Fulkerson in against Hunter Dickinson midway through the second half, and I understand the impulse to try it, but I knew that that would never work for them. Like, you know, Fulkerson in the game had to be um, at the four or not play, or, or you know, then later in the game they were kind of switching offense for defense with him and Plopsitz, but you, you know, they they went with him and that didn't work out. Um, but like, if they got shots that you have to love getting and you have to make some and if you make honestly I think they make one of those outside shots at the end they probably survive or at least it's like a you know one possession to win the game at the end kind of game I mean it's you know early on I will say that Michigan took it to them and took it to their defense and had a good plan for them so I guess you could say okay Michigan had the edge early maybe they maybe they had a better plan than Tennessee early but Tennessee adjusted and Tennessee really control a lot of that game. And, I, you know, it, it just I just can't look at that game and say, man, what a coaching disaster. Um, you gotta, you got to be able to step up, step into a shot, and make some jump shots. You're going to play teams that are going to figure out one way or the other to keep you from just getting layups, which they finally did, and then you got to hit jump shots. Thank you. That's that's all we're saying. That that's all we were saying. If somebody There's could show us different. something that Rick Barnes did or didn't do that resulted in yeah. seventy six sixty eight, then then I'm all ears, as Ross Perot would say. But um, <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, I I and I get I get the history. I I, I get that his teams have underperformed, but I don't know that his teams underperforming means he has underperformed. I, I, 
who was it that said you are what your record says you're you, you are what your record is but i mean i get all that but i just don't see how this is a rick barnes loss as much as it is a tennessee loss if that makes sense no i agree i i do i mean the the, the one thing that i took kind of from this and, and really the impulse the the idea here for me actually hit in Tampa um, the previous weekend because of um, just the reaction to him after they won it all and just talking to some of those guys um, I think I mean I couldn't go I don't I can't tell you with certainty that a hundred percent across the roster every single guy loves Rick Barnes but I can tell you with certainty Josiah James absolutely and Santiago Vescovi absolutely. Falkerson, you know, some of those older guys in particular. I think Kenny Chandler um, really appreciated how he coached him this year because, you know, you guys know how it is. I mean, I always responded better to coaches who were tougher on me. And, and I think Rick Barnes strikes a great balance of, I mean, he, he is demanding and he is critical and he's honest, always honest. And people, kids appreciate that. They want that, and I think they love the guy, and I think that their primary motivation, at least for some of them, was to shut all of this up. And I think that that can be counterproductive. And that's just me mm-hmm. hypothesizing. I, you know, that's just just me kind of reading the room a little bit, and then and seeing how it all turned out. But I do feel like this has become such a thing. Whether you anybody can claim to cut themselves off from from conversation from you know, from social media and talk radio and whatever else, but people know what there's, you know, people are saying about them. Rick Barnes knows. And I think that whole program was very determined this year to change that. And now they haven't, of course. And in fact, just perpetuated it. And um, it's tough because, you know, especially you look at Kenny Chandler and how he was playing. I mean, he, he was, he was to me, going on his way to being one of the stories of the tournament uh, and possibly really doing something special. Joe Ricks wrote of the athletic with us here on main street sports today, Joe, we're down to 16 teams. Who's your, who's your national champion now? <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be St. Peter's, right? I mean, who the heck else <laughs> let's go peacocks all the way. <laughs> I mean, if you're not picking the peacocks, I really don't know what you're doing here. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, because obviously they were at Indy, and uh, so I got a front row seat, and I'm and I'm sitting there with Kyle Tucker, my coworker. They look, you know, the Murray State. Look, incredible. Like sometimes these nights happen in the NCAA tournament, like the, the night against Kentucky. It's just like how, but but it happens. I mean, you knew every time they got a shot off. Oh my gosh, that's going in, and somehow someone gets a rebound over Oscar Sheboy. I mean. You know, those nights happen, but I still was like, now Murray State's going to just pound these guys, you know, because Murray Murray State is so good. Murray State is so good. Murray State could have been a Final Four team, but we're sitting there like, look at how, like, look at how they're in the gaps. Look at how they're doing everything right. You know, look at them box out and look at the screens. Like, they're just so well coached and solid. And uh, the the collective, the way they play, elevates the talent level. And then you got the dude with the mustache who's just a freak. So (laughs) uh, it's something else, man. (laughs) I mean, Doug Edder, you got to love him. 
in all reality, uh, this bracket is up for grabs. I mean, North Carolina, who's been playing great lately, by the way, fantastic. But UCLA and Purdue, I mean, yeah, Purdue is still really good. But uh, this bracket, any of those three teams, North Carolina, UCLA, Purdue, I mean, we don't really think St. Peter's is going to go to the Final Four, but any of the other three absolutely could. So, who knows? Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, And, I mean, the teams I like, I still – I really do think that this Purdue team could be special. I thought that all year. Um, I also – I mean, look, that's a – talk about a program. I mean, Purdue hasn't been to the Final Four since, like, before I paid attention. And (laughs) so that is a long – that's Joe Barry Carroll, okay? And that's – you know, if you know Purdue's history, like, they've been – as a regular season team, as good as any in the Big Ten over that time. You know, they've been I mean, way better than Indiana. I mean, and they have not been to a single Final Four. And three years ago they had it, and they blew it somehow against Virginia. But maybe this is this is the year for them. I also think, you know, I know everybody's been down on Duke, but I mean, they are, you know, they, they are uh, obviously you got the storyline, mm-hmm. but – Mm-hmm. When they want to, when they want to play, they, they they are loaded. Yes, they are. Joe Rexford of the Athletic. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time as always. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. When we come back, the biggest what ifs in sports history. Our top five coming at you on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. 